right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. I'm your host, Tyler Meany, coming to you here from Jackson Hole, as always. Today with me, I have um, the head coach of the Jackson Hole High School golf team, Ryan Allen. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Definitely. Excited to have a chat about all things golf in Jackson. All things golf in Jackson. <laughs> two really great topics. Yeah, two really great topics. Two of, uh, two of my favorites. Yeah. So to start things off, um, we do have some Snake River Pale Ales with us today, so we'll crack into those. Nice. You have that one. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Snake River Brewing. Thank you, Luke and Elliot. Do you know those guys at all? Uh, I do not know those guys. Um, I think I may have met uh, Luke before, but I'm, yeah. I'm not Cheers. sure. Cheers. He's been there for a while, I think. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Delicious as always. Oh yeah, always good. So I think I think our first topic that we should start off with is um, you guys won state this year, and just talk through like the different divisions and individual versus team. Talk through all yeah, those. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know we coach both the boys and girls program, um, and we are considered four A classification here in Wyoming. So that means that we're the highest classification in Wyoming and. Within 4A, there's 12 teams from mm-hmm. around the state. Um, we are the smallest 4A school in the state. And they, the way you get bumped up to 4A is essentially um, like a 1,000 student threshold uh-huh. in your high school. And, but we also include the private schools in town. So that kind of bumps us up and over. Yeah. Um, so there's 4A, 3A, and 2A. Um, we play a lot of regular season 2A competition just because of the way our region is set up. Like Star Valley is 3A, Riverton is 3A, Landers 3A. And those are just local places that we can travel. And Wyoming standards get there pretty quickly. You know, the shortest bus ride is like an hour and a half. Yeah. Maybe down to Star Valley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, our boys team this year, um, you know, we had a successful regular season. We played a lot of 3A competition, played a few teams in 4A. Um, we went to Evanston for 4A state qualifier in the east. So the east, I mean, excuse me, the west side of the state is um, the two Casper schools, us, Rock Springs, Evanston, and then somehow Laramie got put into the west. <laughs> yeah, so they had to travel yeah. all the way to yeah. Evanston for a qualifier. And then um, so they take the top four teams, four out of six, to get in there. Um, and the way they do scoring in the state is we have five boys that play. We take the top four scores every day. Yeah. And then you have a two-day combined score so you know if you can always like in wyoming high school golf if we could our goal was always to try to shoot anywhere from 300 to 320 uh-huh. so that's you know four boys shooting 75 or four boys shooting 80 um that will get you those numbers and yeah you know we try to fall anywhere in there we end up actually losing conference this year we um you know the way that 4a set it up this year they they had conference in the spring we usually have it in the spring and then we won it in the spring uh, we won by like 19 shots. We won by a bunch. And that was the first time they've won conference since like 2013. Sick. And then we went to uh, – then the athletic directors decided to move conference to the fall. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. We had conference – two conference tournaments within basically the same calendar year. Yeah. Um, and we got second. We lost by two shots to Kelly Walsh. Um, but then we had the ultimate – so we qualify for state, and then we go to state. And we had – we get a host state championship here this year which is a huge process, and we got that done, and um, our boys ended up winning it by four shots. Yeah. Over Kelly Walsh. It was awesome. Yeah, was so that was fun. awesome. I was When Nick told me you guys had stayed, I was going to be one of like a volunteer to walk around and, what do you call it, a scorer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was bummed that I, uh, I had a wedding that I'd be out of town for, so I was bummed about that. 
Yeah, we had you on the list. Yeah, for sure. You know that was one of the biggest challenges of organizing that thing. Was like we had you have to provide like what they call markers yeah. for every group, whereas you know someone that rides around or walks around and like helps keep score of every every player. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like that, we we literally filled all the markers like the day of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we got that done. So you know it's one of the. Um, requirements to yeah to host that's got to be such a huge challenge um nick's been talking to me about wanting to do something with social media to fill those volunteer roles and refereeing and all the stuff that you need to do to run a full uh high school athletic program yeah but in a town that doesn't have that many people and um it all, a lot of the people maybe don't want to do that or whatever like I, I bet it's tough yeah, it is. It is tough. You know, we've we've had a ton of support in this community for for our program. You know, mm-hmm. over the years, you know, financially and people just wanted to volunteer their time and you know their talents to help us out. Um, you know, yeah, the marker situation was was one of those things where you we needed like twenty five people each day. Yeah, um, to come out and volunteer. You know, four to five to six hours of their of their day, mm-hmm. um, and we were able to get that done. But yeah, it is an issue with the. Um, with high school sports in general, just, you know, the referee issues and also like just finding people to take tickets or you know, all those types of things. Yeah. So there are, there's constantly emails flying around the school district because I, I work in the school district. Yeah. Of like, we need people. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So how long have you been uh, the golf coach here? I uh, took over for coach Witts. Coach Witts uh, ran the golf program for 19 years before I took over and uh, he retired and then uh, I had an interview for the position and I, I got the position and I took over in spring of 19. So mm-hmm. this past year was uh, my third fall season. Our main season is in the fall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been three years. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting how um, in different areas of the, of the country, the golf, the high school golf season, actually kind of college golf season too, mm-hmm. is in different, the different times of the year. Yeah. Like in Minnesota, it's, I think it's the spring. It probably is. It's the main know, season. But yeah. here you can't do that because, like, we have snow until May on the courses, right? Right, yeah. I mean, most courses around here don't even open until, you know, mid-May in Jackson yeah. and then yeah. around the part of the state. And then you don't get optimal conditions, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, uh, springtime conditions on golf courses. And it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where we, you know, we run it and we start early. Like, we start three to four weeks before school starts in session yeah so that we can get our six-week season in because like that was one of my worries was that it might snow at state championship yeah you know mid-september here in jackson yeah that's legitimate yeah i think we did get like a like up and up in the mountains we got some snow in september yeah i mean we had a significant frost delay day one at yeah snake river sporting club yeah um where it was it, we were delayed for you know almost two hours yeah yeah especially if you're playing at like shooting star right up there against the mountains and or Teton Pines or wherever, like you could get, you could, you can, you get noticeably more snow like over here up against the mountains than you would like in town even, or at uh golf and tennis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you can see, you know, you see it up on the Hills and then it's just those, those time crunches too, where you got, um, you know, luckily everybody for the state championship was able to travel in and, and come in on Thursday night. And then it's just like a waiting game. You know, we mm-hmm. had the, luckily the both golf courses, snake river and shooting star, Gave us the course for the day. It was ours for the day, which is yeah. which was unbelievable. So yeah, that's awesome. We were able to wait, wait it out. Obviously, I mean, there's no other option. It's frost, um, mm-hmm. but you know, people weren't like in a hurry. But they, we did get lucky with the weather on Saturday morning at state championship, where um, the temperatures didn't drop as low as they thought it would. So we were able to get out at a decent time. Yeah, definitely. It's gotta it's gotta have some effect on your all your players. Uh, the amount of really great golf courses we have here, right? Like, it, what we have, 
what is it, five or six courses in the Valley, and all of them are in the top 10 in Wyoming. Yeah, we are, I tell our kids all the time, like, yeah. how spoiled and lucky they are. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, you know, we have, we have a record number of kids. I mean, I say it's a record number of kids. I'm not sure how many kids Coach Witts carry, but record number of kids since we took over, you know, Nick and I and mm-hmm. our other coaches. Um, we've had 27 kids on the team. Now the 27 kids that are currently on the team, there's nine girls and 18 boys. And out of those, those kids, I mean, we got, I think about 50% of those, I know for exactly like 50 or 55% of those kids aren't members at a, at a course in town. That's interesting. So, you know, they have to travel they, or, or they go play with their friends or they work at a course mm-hmm. that provides them with access. So, um, you know, and then we have some kids that are, you know, they're members at Shooting Star, members at uh, Snake River Sporting Club, yeah. Three Creek, yeah. everywhere, every course in town we have members at. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen some of your players at like Teton Reserve and at the Lynx even when I've been there. Like they're wearing your gear and I'm like, hey, I'm friends with Coach Nick. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're over there. I mean, there's there's some kids over there playing. They go over there. They drive over there. They play over there. Um, yeah. You know, it's um, but our courses here in this town are like like you said, they're so nice. Mm-hmm. Like like they're some of the best. You know, the best in the state, and they're also some of the best in the Rocky Mountain West, and they're some of the best in the country. If you ask me. I mean, yeah, I would put the sporting club as like difficult, like difficultly difficulty and quality up against a lot of courses in the country. Yeah. Certainly against all, almost all the ones that I played. Yeah, it is one of the hardest tracks. I mean, they they've yeah. helped, they've helped us out a little bit by cutting that rough down. Yeah, you know, I think I played around down there this summer, this past fall, where I didn't lose a golf ball. Yeah, for the first time ever. Yeah, like I, mean, I usually know I'm going to lose a few. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean that some of that rough was super high and like super and deep. I mean, it might as well each hole might as well have been surrounded by like a, a the ocean. Yeah, I've played I've played it on some of the days of like the snake tournament or whatever you call that right. the, the one where they make it really really crazy hard right that's like a freaking u.s open yeah. conditions right like i've never seen anything at u.s open conditions specifically but it feels that way with the rough being that long and the greens like i put off of greens multiple times yeah it, it can get it's, it can they can set it up as hard as you want it to be yeah you know, when that was, and that was one of my concerns setting up state championship golf course was like we don't we don't need to be putting you know pins near slopes and different things like yeah. that. You know, move some tees up that we would normally play for the boys. We would play, you know, the rust tee or the caddis tee they have down there. Yeah. Like I moved a few of the tee boxes up just because I knew it was going to be windy. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things like, you know, 200-yard, 250-yard carries off tees for some high school golfers is – That's tough for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be – it's going to be a long day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a really long day. Yeah, unless, unless you're supplying the balls, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Even that day that we, you, you, me, and Nick played it, yeah. like the the pins were also on such crazy slopes. You like you were like texting the pro or somebody <laughs> saying like, "Bro, what are these pins?" I'm good friends with Greg down there. And, yeah, uh, you know some of those pins. I was like, "Yeah, I do remember that now." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what is going on right now?" Like some of these pins are in some rough spots. Like, yeah, I remember like one on five, and the back was like on the slope like this. Yeah, and it was just like. This is this is crazy. I mean, it's fun. It's super fun, but it also can drive you nuts. Like you want to have a chance to maybe make a couple putts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know? do you, I've always thought when I've been out there, like, um, I mean, in the last eighteen months, membership has not had any issues. But there, they have had issues with membership in the past. And I wonder, like, do people with do people that look at courses around here and are like, you know, I don't want to go lose ten balls every round I play. I don't. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Join there, right? I think that was a big. I mean. 
I'm sure that played into part of why they wanted to cut all that rough down. Yeah. Um, to make it more playable for everybody mm-hmm. and, you know, make it more member friendly, if yeah. you will. Um, you know, the idea is essentially to uh, cut all that rough down and almost burn it out and then go back and reseed it and make it more like Shooting Stars rough. Off the I've never sides, played there. You know, so they got – the Shooting Star rough looks – worse than it actually is like if you mm-hmm. hit it in there you can usually find it uh-huh. i mean you might be hitting off some some dirt or maybe like a few pebbles or a rock or you might be sitting on a puff or of grass or something like that but you yeah. can generally find it yeah um and, I, and it looks it looks really really good too yeah um that's the idea i think mm-hmm. but that's a that's a i mean with our growing season that's a few year yeah restoration project essentially yeah yeah i was there one of the days i played there was when like the first day i started cutting it and like they had like these trucks out there, four wheelers or something, which just piled high with all the rough that they cut down. And they had these buckets. The workers had these buckets of like thousands of golf balls that they were finding in there. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah, thousands of golf balls. Like there's one of the you know we like to go down there sometimes and walk. You know, like early season in the spring or late season in the fall. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'll be I'll be down there walking. And my wife will be like, after a couple of holes, she'll just be like, she'll say like, I'm going on an Easter egg hunt. You know, like, I'm yeah, going, <laughs> yeah, and she'll come out with like all kinds of golf balls. Yeah, you take know? the kids down there yeah. instead of Easter, on an Easter instead of an actual hunt. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they, they love to go looking for golf balls. It's, it's, uh, and I love it too. Yeah, because then I, I usually am a beneficial. My kids, I've taught my kids. My kids know what all the good golf balls are now. <laughs> so they're like, Daddy, will you give me two dollars for this Pro V one? I'm like. <laughs> No, I'm not giving you two dollars. Yeah. They're like, well, you're not getting it. No. Yeah, <laughs> like, all right. Like, Daddy, I found a top flight. You're like, throw that back. Put that back in there. Don't need that one. Yeah, for sure. So, have you? So, you're a. You, you, did you tell me you were a special ed teacher also? Yeah, I teach special education at Jacksonville Middle School. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, have you um, more on the golf side? Have you always like done stuff around golf and like b- like before becoming the coach here? So, yeah, my wife and I moved here in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got married in 2004. And essentially, when I first moved here, I was, I was a caddy at Teton Pines. Oh, wow. And, um, they had caddies then? Yeah. yeah That's they cool. A, they had a really good caddy program. So there's only two golf games, two golf courses in town when I first moved here. It was, it was Teton Pines and Jacksonville Golf and Tennis. Yeah. And that's actually how I met Steve. Steve yeah. White. Yeah. Um, was caddying for him. You know, like he, came, he came in, and like the caddy master was like, hey, we got this new southern kid um, in town. You might – you know, I think y'all would hit it off. And Steve's like, yeah, sure. I'll take him for the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I went caddy for Steve. And like literally on the first fairway, I was like walking and carrying Steve's bag. And we're just like, you know, sitting there hanging out, talking, trying to figure each other out. And I'm like, um, Steve's a college teammate at Clemson and Steve's roommate at Clemson was one of the golf pros in my hometown where I grew up. Oh, that's sick. So, like, he immediately got on the phone and called Mikey and was like, hey, I'm walking down the fairway with Ryan. He's like, oh, small world. Uh, <laughs> and we've been buddies ever since. It's yeah. crazy. You know, like, like, instant friends. Yeah. Um, well, you got, were you, uh, were you, so you both went to Clemson, right? I actually did not go to Clemson. I went to Wofford. And Wofford College is, like, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And oh, it's, okay. It's right, it's, like, an hour away from Oh, okay. Clemson. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's fine. But you're from the, like similar area you said, and like yeah. you, you, I don't know if you're a Clemson fan at that time, but like, it's yeah. pretty, you guys are pretty similar just off the bat. Yeah. Really similar off the bat. Steve's golf game is substantially better than mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, similar off the bat. Um, I grew up a, a lifelong Clemson fan. Yeah. So, you know, we had that, that connection right away. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, Katie and Buffy met each other and they're, they're good buddies too. So, 
it's a lot of fun hanging out with those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so when I, f- I was a caddy at Teton Pines, and then I uh, from there um, did that all summers, and I worked in a ski shop every winter. So I did you know two jobs, and mm-hmm. then um, in two thousand five, two thousand six, Three Creek opened up. Mm-hmm. That was like the next you know the next course, the next greatest thing mm-hmm. you know to come come to Jackson golf wise, mm-hmm. and uh, got a job. I applied for a job out there and got a job just working carts, uh-huh. you know, just doing doing bag stuff that kind of thing and like that was back in the day when the clubhouse wasn't even open yet over there they're still building that they were running the cart run out of a bubble the golf shop was like a a spec home that they were you know they were trying to sell yeah situation yeah and there was maybe 20 rounds of golf played out there a day wow maybe wow (laughs) so you know those are the days where and then it it grew it's grown and grown and grown and grown but um you know, me and my buddies that we were working bag drop, like we would get done with our shifts and we would just go play golf. Yeah. Like we would have the golf course to ourselves. Yeah. And like, this is the best job in the world. Yeah. You know, There's nothing playing, better than that. <laughs> you know, we're playing this immaculate Reese Jones design golf course and there's nobody out here. Yeah. You know, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but as I moved through, you know, I worked multiple summers there and then, you know, I ended, eventually ended up saying, you know, I think I want to try to this golf professional, you know, route. Yeah. So I went um, and started PGA school, became an assistant golf professional at Three Creek. Um, was doing like a few lessons, working with a lot of junior golfers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids out kids out there that were that were younger. Um, had a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. And then you know that was like 2011 ish, 2012 ish. You know, my wife and I. Uh, had a small kid. Uh, Charlie was born in 2009, um, and she's a school teacher. She got she's gone back to school. She become a teacher in Teton County. She started off teaching kindergarten and then moved to third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and our schedules just didn't mesh. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm working eight days a week at the golf course because as a golf professional, you basically don't get any days off, especially in a mountain town. Yeah, when, when the course is closed for seven months. Yeah, out of the year. Yeah, like you're, like, you're working every day. Yeah, because you know, that's the way the season is. Yeah, um, and you know, I had opportunities to move, go work at other places, do different things. You know, go to Palm Springs, go to Florida, those types of things to, to be golf pro at other places during the winter. But I was like, my wife's here; she's a school teacher. We have a small child. Um, I just don't. I don't know if this is the right route, so I made a made a uh, shift, went back to school, uh, got my teaching degree, um, and then went back to school again and got my master's in special education, and then uh, ended up getting a special education uh, teaching yeah. position in the, in the school district. I've been doing that for eight, nine years now. Awesome. Yeah. What, what drew you to uh, special education as what you wanted to focus on? So, yeah, I uh, graduated from Wofford with a biology degree. You know, I thought... The dream was to be a doctor or a dentist or a PT <laughs> or something. Yeah, you know, using a, a medical degree, and I moved here. My sister lives here, and she lived here before I moved here. So I moved out here, um, summer after college, just to hang out. She's like, I know the caddy master at this course. Mm-hmm. We can get you in there. That type of situation. And um, I was like, let's uh, let's do it. And like, I literally like packed up my organic chemistry books and all this <laughs> stuff and brought it with me thinking that you know i'm gonna study up and i'm gonna go take the mcat again and then i'm gonna go to med school yeah like my two college roommates are in med school like that's what they're gonna do that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) and uh moved out here and i was like i'm not doing that 
<laughs> I know this place is amazing. There's no yeah. way I'm going back to school. Yeah. Um, but so I got a teaching degree to teach science. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was like a para at the middle school for a year. Yeah. Like that's like kind of the route almost to get your foot in the door mm. in the teach in Teton County School District. And then you know, you kind of um, it's like it's almost like a a paid internship, if you will. Like you're mm-hmm. working with kids, but I was a special education para, so I was working with a lot of kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. And I really loved it. I really liked it. Had trouble getting a science job. Science jobs were super competitive. And then I eventually uh, went back to school and I got my uh, master's in special education. And then uh, a job came open. I didn't get it. And then like they had a, a late filing for another job. And then I applied for that one and I got it. Yeah. And the rest, I've been doing it ever since. Been doing it for eight, nine years now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. Like I, 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 I felt like it was the reason I didn't get a science job. Like, I really enjoy working with um, those kids. Yeah, you know, the kids that, that need that extra support. Yeah, definitely. That's really good of you. Do you do you ever have days working with those with the kids where you come home and you're just like extra frustrated because something didn't go right or something? <laughs> you know, just there's that extra level of patience you have to have when working with special kids with special needs, right? You know, there is. I mean, I think being a teacher in general, you got to have an extra level of patience. Yeah, certainly. To be, to be yeah. honest with you. I don't have that. Yeah, it's I, it's such a, a rewarding, fulfilling job. Yeah. Um, you know, the working with the kids part is my favorite part of it. Um, you know, the being able to help help kids, help them, you know, with their difficulties, help them, you know, see, you know, see that someone believes in them, someone that they can they can do do things that maybe they don't even think they can do mm-hmm. that t- type of situation, those types of things. Like it, it's, you know, I, I love that part of it. You know, yeah. there's other parts of it, like any other job that, you know, you might frustrate you or, mm-hmm. you know, like all the meetings or, you know, the paperwork or those types <laughs> of things that, yeah. that come with it. But overall, I mean, the actual piece of working with kids is, is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, That's yeah, cool. Everybody gets frustrated at work. I think. Yeah. For I the, do sometimes too. Part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, uh, do you follow um, Jackson's Biggest Rock Star on Instagram, Tim? I do. I don't know Tim. I've kind of followed Tim a little bit through um, Tom Fay, yeah. who owns Pinky G's. Is he, is, uh, is, it, was it, is, is it Tom's wife that's like Tim's something? That's, that's a great question. I don't know if that is not. But I know I, Tom... Like talks about Tim some, and then Tom also like features Tom on his Insta page and different things for Pinky G's and yeah. Um, I think Ch- uh, so. I do the marketing for Stillworks, so Chaz and Trav there. Okay, yeah. Chaz to- Chaz is friends with that guy's wife, I think. Kristen. Yeah, and said that she's like Tim's. I don't I don't know what the word is for like, but like person to like uh, help him with stuff or something. I don't know. Maybe yeah, and also so you know to. You know, true Jackson stuff. So Tom, Tom's wife, Kristen, is uh, the sister of one of my best friends, uh, Josh Frappert. Uh-huh. And Josh has talked about Tim, too. And yeah. jo- Josh's wife, Emily, is like one of my wife's best friends. Yeah. So it's just like... Everyone's best friends. Yeah, yeah we've always we've all hung out together and had a good time, played some golf. You know, yeah. It's, it's but, always, always fun. Yeah. But Tim is freaking hilarious. I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he would have came through the school... Uh, or the high I'm, school at all? Yeah, I don't I think know. He's I older than me. Yeah, I don't know uh, how old Tim is. Yeah, but he's hilarious. He for I don't think the listeners know about Jackson's biggest rock star, but <laughs> um, he's he he's spe- he's a special needs guy who lives here in Jackson, 
and his he's starting he's growing this brand for himself of dancing in the square with a sign that says like honk if you love my dance moves right uh god bless the usa and everything he does is just about spreading like positive vibes and being thankful for what he has and and uh he gets these really cool meetups that he gets to do because of just who comes through Jackson. Right. He hangs out with Nikki six. Okay. <laughs> like, and I love the dynamic that this, this guy, Tim is Jackson's biggest rock star. Also, Nikki six lives in Jackson. He's not Jackson's biggest rock star. Yeah. I mean, Nikki, it's the funniest thing in the world. I, Nikki's a member out at shooting star and I, you know, I've heard nothing but awesome things. Like he's just it seems like an awesome guy. Yeah, I've never actually met him myself, but I've heard, yeah, I've heard I'd love to bump into him. But I just think I love the dynamic that this uh, this guy who doesn't even play music is Jackson's big rock star compared right. to, to Nikki Six. Uh, but he gets uh, he does these you know uh, benefits for special needs people, mm-hmm. I guess that Tim goes to. He's kind of it looks like he's been kind of the face of some of the organizations. That's cool. So he gets to meet like he met like Guy Fieri and Darius oh, wow. Rucker, and he has yeah. these cool posts with them. And that's awesome. He's just posting about cool stuff, and he's also kind of a he's kind of a what's the word like a like a deal maker almost. Like he whenever I see him, he knows that I do the marketing for Stillworks, so he's always asking me for T-shirts and stuff from Stillworks, <laughs> and he's always messaging us to say like, "Hey, can we do a post together?" Because he sees like we have a pretty good audience. Yeah, and he's just like always trying to like make deals happen and make things happen for his brand. And he's like asking me tips about social media. And I was like, I give them to him. Cause it's like, yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah. This would be cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, I also saw something recently where he's doing like a, he hooked up with TGR or something was doing a yeah. on t-shirt with those guys. And that's like great for TGR to, you know, bring that attention. They, I mean, they, they cast a web to a, real, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing about Jackson. I mean, there's so many, mm-hmm. like really cool, amazing people that, you know, either live here or come through here or whatever that, you know, you don't see in a lot of other places. You know, it's really, really Yeah, cool. it's a cool dynamic where it's a small town and we we act like a small town, you know, a very, uh, a very strong community vibe. But there's also people that can really do some, make some change happen if they wanted to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you can bump into Nikki Six one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. And just in the golf community and, you know, people that are, you know, come out here and play golf or members at different clubs out here mm-hmm. that are, um, you know, been very successful in business or very successful in, you know, sports or, or whatever it is. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's really, uh, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing community for, for many different reasons. And that's just, that's one of them. You know? Yeah, definitely. So speaking of, uh, new memberships, so I joined Jackson Hole golf and tennis. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and I, I played an event there with the Stillworks guys, like a Wyoming Restaurant Association event, yeah. and I was like, "This place is freaking awesome!" Like, yeah. and I knew like the membership deals, and I was like, "This this could fit me." So I talked to the guys and and got it set up, and they're really good at welcoming me in. What's the secret to getting around that course? Getting around G and T. Yeah, you got to hit it straight. Yeah, you got. There's a lot of out of bounds around that place. Um, you got to. It takes a few times to kind of learn where to hit it, and where not to hit it, what mm-hmm. to hit off the tee. Um, and then once you get up to the greens, the greens are not, you know, the easiest either. You know, mm-hmm. like I think of a certain holes, like, uh, you know, figuring out where to hit it on 11, you know, the, the par five around the corner, around the Grovant there. Yeah. One of, that's probably, a tough one. Maybe one of the prettiest holes in town. Yeah. It is unbelievable. They do, they do such a great job or not they, but the designer did such a great job of, um, 
taking you on basically a scenic tour of all the views in the valley by the way they routed the the course yeah right so you're obviously you head out and you look at the grand a lot Mm -hmm. because that's a main one but then you turn around and you go you look at sleeping indian and then you look at jackson peak and then you come around 11 and you have the entire gravant range and jackson peak and all of it and the river right there and it's like it's you know they open that up there Mm -hmm. between like uh you know maybe 200 yards out to the green and then they like it was like they were at equal parts that considering you know let's make great golf holes and give them really good views no yeah they've done a, they did a fantastic job of routing that place i mean in the views like i mean if you're standing on you know the par 3 13 and the par 3 16 yeah you know and like 16 is a tough hole i mean mm-hmm. this plays like 185 from whatever tees we usually play and like you got that slit of a green, and if that pin mm-hmm. is back left, like good luck. Yeah. But it is like you almost get you know you like really don't care where you hit it because you just look up and you're like staring at the tee times. Like, yeah. It's, it's so cool. Like hands down, the obviously the best views in in all of you know all the courses in town. Yeah. That that that's what that's what got me. I played, um, I played with Nick actually at the end of the season. It was like the sun was setting. We like barely finished in time, but it was like perfectly pink sunset over the Grand and the Tetons, and I'm like. Holy shit! This is like, yeah. how could you beat this? You can't, yeah, you can't. Like, I'm paying less here <laughs> than at any of the other courses, and like, this is the best view right here. Like, and I love Twilight. Twilight Golf is my favorite. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. You know, it's and that. Well, like I said, go back to my days at Three Cookie. That was when I got to play a lot of golf because mm-hmm. you know we were done with our shift and we could go out and play and, and talk about in the summers here. Like, it wouldn't get dark, dark where you couldn't see until like nine nine thirty yeah ish yeah you know? yeah so you could go out and you could play like i remember when i first became a uh a member at sporting club and like i got like a morning tea time i was like this is kind of weird yeah because i'm playing golf like in the morning mm-hmm. as a member at somewhere yeah like because i've never been a member anywhere they're saying like mr allen yeah well they, I'm like no, that's no, my no, father no, no they don't call me mr allen <laughs> yeah but it's just like uh it was. It, it took a while to to adjust to it. Like, you know, like I actually think I maybe had to like go get some waterproof shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the, the dew, yeah, stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I was because I've never had to deal with that. Yeah, you know? and it does get really hot here in the summer. Like, I I was I had got a pass at the reserve, a Teton Reserve this year. Yeah, which for those listening who want a really good golf deal in the area, to get that every year, it was six hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah, for unlimited golf an unlimited range um and it was a walking pass and then like you'd had to pay if you got a cart but i walk usually yeah and so to have a place a public course you can go play and it's a real course the tips are 73 oh, 74 it is no joke we play yeah so we used to play like remember like during the pandemic like the beginning of the pandemic so i guess that was like 2020 yeah early 20 early 20 yeah like there's this group of guys and we would go out and like nothing was open here and like there wasn't you couldn't do anything yeah right like everything was shut down mm-hmm. but golf was not yeah like you could go play golf and we had like a group of like 15 to 20 guys and we like go to rexburg or we go to Idaho falls yeah we go somewhere and we just play and we divide it up and play these games and all that kind of stuff but yeah i remember we went over to the uh the reserve one day and these they're they like we're playing the tips and I was like, all right, whatever. Sounds great. And I get yeah. over there and I look at the card. It's like 7,500 yards. Yeah, it's legit. And I was like, and I looked at like a couple of the par threes are like 250. 
Yeah, I've hit driver into one into two of them. Yeah, multiple the wind times. Wind is blowing in your face. I yeah, was like, I, like, I I think I got done with that round, and I looked at somebody, and I was like, I think that's the first time I've ever hit driver sixteen times in a round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When the ri- when the wind is up there, that's a really tough course. Yeah, it's tough. Course. Really tough golf course. Super tough, but it's fun, and they take really good shape, really good care of it. The greens are usually in really good shape. Yeah, um, and they're they're doing a really good job over there of their marketing and you know with their membership deals like i know multiple guys that i work with at uh the school district that are members over there yeah do you know do you know cutter the pro i do know cutter yeah he's a cool guy yeah yeah real cool guy yeah and i, I like him i never really like, actually met him i think he did play in those games we were talking about, I was yeah. Talking about earlier. yeah um this is his first year as the pro so i don't know what he did before but yeah he's on this like this group has uh has a like we have a group text yeah. chat yeah. thing like I know, like some of the guys on it, but not all of them. Yeah. So and, and it gets pretty hilarious. Man. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing a great job though. Of when I first played it, uh, I don't know, two years ago. Yeah. It seemed pretty clear that it, they were attempting to build like a really nice golf community with big houses on it, and it was going to maybe eventually be private one day and be this very nice little community there. Right. But I then I learned that it like it kind of flopped around because they opened it around like oh seven oh eight or something, you know, in that time when a lot of stuff flopped. Um. And my image back then, when I first played it, was like it, it felt kind of sterile, and it felt um, like they were trying to be fancier than they were when right. I first played it. Gotcha. Yeah. Now I played it a bunch more, and I've seen more of the course, and got to know the people, and they put the new um, you know clubhouse in there, and they're doing things to improve it, and. It has dramatically changed. It, like for its character that I got from that first day, that feeling I got from that first day, versus how I feel about it now, has dramatically changed. It feels like there's real thought put into a lot of the holes, and that's what gets my favorite golf holes are ones that's like you put thought into this, not just hit a driver, hit an eight iron, and then some putts or a chip, right? Yeah. But there's some real thought in those, like the undulation on like maybe a straight hole, mm-hmm. but it's like you can't you don't even want to hit your normal driver distance because there's fairway bunkers and the, the fairway slopes really badly in one direction. So like really actually you have to think about it sometimes. Yeah. They've done a lot of good things. Right? I remember when it was originally designed, it was a, I think it was Gary player was doing the design on it and it, mm. it was originally set up to be where you could change the routing on it. Yeah. Reversible by switching around tees and different things. Yeah. It was originally so, supposed to be reversible. And they stopped that. Yeah. They stopped that. So then sometimes like, There'd be like bunkers like in weird places. Yeah. Like by tee boxes. Yeah. yeah, Like because the bunker was supposed to be for the reverse side. Yeah. But then the reverse quit. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, what's going on around here? Yeah. And then they they like changed the first, they changed like the starting hole a few times. Like I think they found, they got it figured out. And I like going over there. I really don't go over there as much since we're down at the sporting club now. But yeah. um, I used to go there a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, because that was the cheapest option. And that was, you know, I couldn't. Uh, I wasn't working at a golf course. Yeah. So and the only way I would play a course on this side is if I got invited by a friend or something. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And to have like a, a a good practice facility, like that's that's what made me go there versus like not getting a pass maybe at the links because I'm you know I'm friends right. with Brent. I used to do the marketing there, um, but it was a little bit closer. I could actually practice and actually I could actually get better. Like if I play those tips every time I play, I'm going to get better. Yeah. Or shoot a hundred, but. <laughs> You're definitely going to get better for yeah. sure. It's, you know, that's practice facilities huge too. Like we're, um, you know, talking about phenomenal practice facilities, like, and like the, the practice facility at say like at shooting star is like, there is on, un- 
believable. It's immaculate. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm gonna get the camera back. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things that like led me to uh, really like Sporting Club was um, their range. It was awesome. It's really good. And in the in the chipping area and the whole thing, the putting green. It's it's cool. It's a super cool spot. And you know they are they're changing some things up down there as far as like service level and amenities and you know there's i mean there's housing going up everywhere down there you yeah. saw when we were we were playing it's just uh you do you uh you guys live south yeah south of town right yeah like raptor j or yeah we live in melody ranch melody nice yeah we so i was part of like the reason when i was going back to my uh opportunity to move and golf, golf pro stuff like mm-hmm. we got in early on at an affordable lot down there so back a long time ago they were selling actually affordable lots in melody <coughs> so um and we got one of the last affordable lots and that allowed us to build our house there and like we built in 0809 that's awesome yeah and we bought that lot in 06 that's awesome yeah that's the jackson hole dream right there dude it is literally amazing like i like i look around like we it, it was a lot of work. Like I basically general contract our house, yeah, um, in order to make it a, affordable to build. Yeah, you know, so you're looking at a, a school teacher salary and a and a assistant golf professional salary. Yeah, um, trying to build a house and the way it works was the housing authorities like you can be, whatever you build on this lot, we're going to come in and say it's only worth this mm-hmm. with lot price included. And so you got to figure out how to make that number work because you're working with a bank loan and construction loan and all those different things. Yeah. So we had to do a lot of the work ourselves. Um, been very fortunate to you know have a lot of help with with different things as far as like friends that are good at this or friends are good at that. And, yeah. You know, and we just we figured out how to make it work. And we, you know, if we didn't have our home here, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. And my heart g- goes out to all those people in this town that are struggling with housing right now because it's it's crazy it is yeah i mean it's absolutely crazy like i saw a like 500 square foot apartment being listed the other day for 2500 dollars a month yeah in rent i was like this is this is crazy yeah but um you know we this jackson is an amazing place and i I just i just hope and pray that it can honestly stay amazing Mm -hmm. you know and that we can keep our local workforce here and you know, keep our teachers here mm-hmm. because I think it's it's you know the, that infrastructure is what runs this town. Yeah, and it's it's gotta we gotta keep it. There's yeah, no other way around it. Definitely, yeah. I, I I do you know it's a common topic right now, and you know people talking about it in Jackson. I I always I've always wondered is there like a breaking point right. for that where it's like we get to some point that there aren't like we're sa- like we're saying now not may not be super literal but like there's not enough workers blah 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 but is there a point where like the breaking point where it actually town starts to like shut down you know restaurants start to shut down because they don't have stuff you know stuff like real real bad change starts going the other way where it's like well shit all of our workers live an hour away because everything's right. nobody can afford anything yeah. or Nobody wants to live in a closet for $3,000. You know, like, are there other examples of mountain towns that are farther into their development than Jackson that we could see, like, okay, they got to this breaking point. What do they do? Mm-hmm. You know, because Jackson hasn't really been a mountain town for that long, not compared to, like, Aspen or Tahoe. Right. 
I mean, yeah, I don't, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next few years. You know, I got, yeah. um, I got friends in all, all different aspects of life, um, in this town doing, doing service jobs, doing real estate jobs, doing yeah. interior decorating jobs. I mean, we, we generate a lot of revenue off of, you know, tourism. We generate a lot of revenue off of, um, you know, people coming in into our town and, and doing things, the airport, all those types of things. Like the airport is slam packed. Um, and know, shutting down like this place for is, two months. Yeah. What is that going to look like? Well, luckily it's shutting down like during off, off season. If, off that, season. if that's still a thing. Yeah. You know, like when I first moved here, um, I lived in Teton village and that was like pre Terra, pre all that. Like there was yeah. nothing there. Yeah. Like I still remember going to the blues traveler concert out in the village where Tara sits like there yeah. was a stage there you know um this is just like and then there was true off season like it was a ghost town yeah even when i when even I, the summer in the village it was a ghost town there was yeah nothing going on out there yeah even when i i moved here march of 19 um even like those two shoulder seasons because that was before covid were real like restaurants they put out their big thing it was like half the restaurants are closed and the other half are doing local discounts right even then was I don't I mean compared to your experience not a real off season but drastic difference between that and now yeah drastic difference between that and now like yeah. that was that was the every you know the every year off season was yeah people shut down or they'd be like loosely open or you know have like skeleton staff where they'd be offering like special deals for locals that something like two for ones all that kind of stuff you know? yeah like we used to love to go down to. Uh, we go to Mary Piglet's and get the two for one fajitas and that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, two for one marks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, like you go in now and like ask them about that kind of stuff. And they're like, what? what are you they're like, get the fuck out of here. They're like, like, they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. They're so stressed out because they're just like, what is it? I don't like anymore because the COVID and like the craziness of like staffing has allowed restaurants to have yeah. the excuse, the always to have the excuse of not having staff and being crazy. So they, uh, I've had this experience this whole summer and into the fall here and other places they just make up a wait time because it's what they want <laughs> it's like i well, you go in there see open tables and they're like yeah it's two hours yeah. and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like yeah. y- we know you're stressed but like you need to serve some people <laughs> yeah that can be that can be frustrating for sure as us as you know wanting wanting to go into establishment and spend your money there yeah you know and have a good meal or what a good experience that type of thing but mm-hmm. you know I, I also my you know I think about the other side of it too, right? Mm-hmm. Like those servers and things like that, like they're, they got a lot going on. You know, that's, it's, it's, it's a tough time for a lot of people right now, mm-hmm. you know, for a whole lot of people. So I try to go with it with that kind of mindset where I'm like, um, I understand. Like try to be understanding, you know, yeah, <laughs> definitely, you know, and if not, you know, I can always go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's for like, sure. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dang, I always do this. I literally recorded a podcast. I literally recorded one two days ago, and I come in with a lot of questions in my head, and then we get into it, and I start to focus on what we're talking about, and then I forget all the questions, and they're gone forever. Yeah, yeah. Probably something golf-related. Probably something golf-related. What's uh? Ooh, let's do a what's in the bag. That'd be a first for the podcast. What do you have in your bag? What is in the golf bag these days? Go a little bit closer uh, to the mic. Yeah, what is in the golf bag these days? So we are hitting uh, the the TaylorMade Sim driver mm-hmm. uh got that this past spring really liked it is um, it the sim 2 or the sim 1 it's the original sim, sim max original sim max. sim max yeah um like it 
I like it a lot. Uh, my three wood is also a tower made. It's a tower made. Um, got it at a golf tournament a few years ago, and and I like it. I don't. I can't tell you. It's so like I got a white head on. I can't really think what it is. Then I got this hybrid in there, like this three iron hybrid that I never hit. Like I don't know why it's still in the bag. And do ne- you do you never, like to ever hit it? <laughs> do you like to match up your driver and three wood shafts? No, you don't. I didn't do that at all. Um, and the reason for that is just um, didn't get them at the same time. So yeah, it's like not really. I just basically when I'm looking at a club, and I, I just like look at ball flight, and then mm-hmm. also. Um, just just you know looking down at the club like what kind of confidence you have in it just looking down like it's all mm-hmm. like uh it's not very analytical to be honest with you mm-hmm. you know i've done some things on launch monitors and different things like that but mostly what i'm caring about caring about is ball flight and hitting it straight <laughs> yeah um and then my irons are these apex irons Callaway apex irons that mm-hmm. i've had for years got it fitted for them a few years ago down in denver really like them um are those probably. those are the forged ones, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Probably favorite favorite uh, iron I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, when I worked at Three Creek, we I, uh, we had a really cool deal with Titleist. Titleist hooked us up with a lot of gear. Yeah. Um, you know, it also helps when you buy, you know, I don't know how many thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of range balls every year from Titleist and yeah. things like that. Um, and our rep was amazing, so he would always hook us up. Um, wedges. Like a little bit of a hodgepodge of wedges. I got some tailor made wedges in there. Um, some of the high toe new ones. Yeah. And I got I think I got a Vokey fifty two in there that I like a lot. And then putters. Like putter was a big thing for me. I recently this is kind of funny, like I for my for ten or twelve years since I worked at Three Creek, I had a uh Scotty Newport putter in my bag. Nice. That um Scotty, like, there's a member at Three Creek that um, was friends with Scotty. <laughs> himself. And, yeah, Scotty Cameron himself. <laughs> yeah. From the Bridges in, in San Diego. Yeah. And, like, I was able to get this custom putter from Scotty. has my name on it. And, like, Scotty, like, posted a picture of himself holding it on his website. Oh, my gosh. And then this, the members, these people are amazing. They saw that. They printed out the picture, and they got Scotty to sign it for me. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! And this Hank, is your Newport. Yeah, it's my Newport. Oh my gosh! And this is Hank, it's Hank, it's in my closet at my house, right? That's outstanding. Uh, so nobody sees it, but my wife's like, "Oh my god, like you really got a picture of your putter in the closet." Yeah, some uh, other guy holding your putter. What is that? <laughs> but yeah, you're like, so, "Honey, it's the it's Scotty, Scotty Cameron." Cameron. Babe. Um, but I took it out of the bag. You like, did. Like I, I'm, I'm, I genuinely feel like I'm a pretty good putter, and uh, we were, you know. We were, I had to put it on the bench for a little bit, and I got this uh, spider. And the reason I got this spider is because we were at golf practice one day, and I was messing around with the kids, and one of the kids had this spider. I was like, let me see that thing. Yeah. And I literally couldn't miss. Dude, yeah. I could not miss with this thing. And I was like, I got to get one. And they're like, yeah, coach, you got to get one. So I got one. I bought myself one. Like, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I'm like, I paid full retail for a <laughs> golf club. Yeah. And I bought myself one um, in Scottsdale when we were driving through um in spring break like for my 40th birthday yeah and my, my wife was like what do you I was like, it's like 350 bucks for this putter putters are get, becoming a lot yeah it was crazy i was like i can't believe this thing's 350 bucks i was like but I, like i'm gonna shoot five shots better around honey i'm, I'm gonna be on the tour pretty soon if i if i buy <laughs> no, this thing i, I want to go that far but 
I uh, I got it, and I like it. I really do like it. I do like it. So a little bit of a compromise here. I do think it might have got bent slightly when we were at Pinehurst. So I took – so Nick and I and our coaches, like, part of the deal is our, our golf team – uh, two years ago, both finished second for state championship, girls yeah. and boys. We had a really good chance to win both. Mm-hmm. Like the girls lost by ten shots. Um, they, I mean, ten shots over two days, taking three girls' courses. You know, one shot, two shots a day, right? Yeah. They had a very serious chance to win a state championship. They and the girls have never won a state championship. Yeah. And that girls' team was the best girls' team we probably ever had at Jacksonville High School. Yeah. And we had just moved to four A. Um, if we were three A, they would have run. They would have won state going away mm-hmm. at three A level. Um, then the boys, you know, they had eleven shot lead after day one, and then they lost. Ooh, they, you know, kinda, we we kind of fell apart a little bit, but um, that makes winning this year much sweeter. Yeah, um, they learned a, they learned from that, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a good thing. But due to that, um, generally there's a there's a national high school tournament in Pinehurst, and the kids get invite it if they win a state championship and there's a merit-based application process too also to get in there and if they have extra space you can go yeah so i applied and they let us in yeah so we took both the boys and girls team to Pinehurst. so we were there for the girls tournaments first and the boys tournament but we overlapped a few days and like we, like some some coaches were there like nick and steve were there for like 12 or 13 days in Pinehurst. Yeah. Nick said he played like all of the Pinehurst courses <laughs> plus the Cradle and Tobacco Road. Yes. And like just kind of cruised around with the with the players for most of the days and because it's not really high pressure at no, all. No, right? it's not high pressure at all. It's like it's like you want to do well. You obviously want to play well. Yeah. But, um, it's also different at that tournament because you can't coach. Oh, really? No. Like you can't coach, but we go back to the putter real quick. Is yeah. So we rent this van, right? Twelve passenger van, uh-huh. and we call it the White Bullet. It's <laughs> white, and we're riding around in the White Bullet, and we throw. I mean, we got fourteen people in this van, or fifteen people in this twelve passenger van. Yeah. Right. And there's so that means there's fifteen golf bags in the back of this thing. Yeah. Guess whose golf bag's on the bottom? Coach. Mine. Yeah. So I get out and I'm like looking and like I'm like on the thistle they call it the thistle at Pinehurst which is a big putting course right next to the part the cradle and all that yeah and I'm like this does not look right and I look down and I'm like this thing is all kinds of messed up mm-hmm. like it's bent so I'm like back there like trying to bend it so like I in my head I'm like I think it's right but I'm like eh, it might not be right so um, but yeah Pinehurst was amazing it was so much fun uh, a lot of golf a lot of laughs a lot of fun. Um, you know, the kids had an unbelievable experience. We, a lot of them have, have never been back south before. That was fun for, for me to take the kids back south. Yeah. Um, being from the south. Um, did you teach them how to order a Coke there? <laughs> Coke is everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So when you, so did you teach them down there? You just say, can I get a Coke? And then they'll ask you what kind of Coke. Right. <laughs> so you can say, can I get a Coke? And then they'll be like, Oh, you want Dr. Pepper? Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta like be very specific with what yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the whole Pepsi versus Coke debate too. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't, I've never, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Pepsi, but. No, uh, I don't drink a lot of pop anyways. I, but. Don't, I don't either anymore. Anymore I don't. But I mean, growing up in the South as a kid, I probably drank too much. Yeah. Honestly, growing up in Minnesota, we drank a fuck ton of milk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which yeah. is what that thing is. It's like, right, right. like, I, 
once I got to like college, high school and college, I was like, you know, I don't, milk doesn't really quench my thirst. Like I started drinking just more water, but like growing up, it was like every single meal was a tall glass of milk. Yeah. My bones are strong as fuck. I hate milk. <laughs> From a, yeah. I don't really drink it anymore. Like I'll have it in like, but honestly, like never. Like, I love ice cream. Yeah. But I don't drink milk. Yeah. You would never find me drinking a straight glass of milk. Never. Yeah. I don't think me either. I don't. Yeah. No way. Which is, you know, there's, we, we think that there's a, a lot of people that are um, lactose intolerant more than more than ever before because of like you know pasteurization and the way they what they what they do with the milk, right. but I think it has more to do with the fact that people just are drinking milk into their adult years when like the the only reason any animal has milk humans included is in early stages of life to get nutrients and grow right. really fast. Right. So like an adult anything does not mean need milk <laughs> right i mean yeah i never thought about it that way but for sure yeah Absolutely. well that's why people have like yeah that that's a theory on why people are really lactose intolerant these huh. days because it's like we're drinking this thing that's meant for to have cow baby calves yeah. Yeah. baby calves grow really fast for sure and our digestive system don't really doesn't really like it because we're not really supposed to be drinking it right. Right. but yeah um on the putter thing yeah that whole tink. So, do you, have you gone back and forth at all on the Scotty back to the spider? So yeah, so it's kind of funny. Like I, uh, I was about to play in this golf tournament down at the Sporting Club, and I was like, I'm not quite sure. And like I had uh, my friend come out, and I. So this summer, long story short, I got to play played the pro am down there at Sporting Club mm-hmm. with uh, Steve and Nick. And when our pro was Ben Pollen out from Shooting Star. Yeah. You know, and Ben is, uh, first of all, an amazing individual, amazing, amazing guy. I mean, I think he's a better guy than he is a golfer, and he's a amazing golfer, right? Yeah. Um, really good guy. And I mean, he played in the uh, PGA at Kiowa. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I messaged him right after to see if he'd come on here, but yeah, yeah. he didn't respond. He didn't? No. I'll, I'll get him on. I'll, yes. I'll talk to him. Definitely. Ben? let's go yeah he would love to do it um so talking to ben and then you know i just i started working with him a little bit on my swing after the tournament different things like that and like i started like um messing with putters and different things with him and he's like he's like what do you think about switching this putter and he basically said like you know the scotty newport is is a, a good option but it also might be uh it takes a little bit more timing and you sound practice with it. You know, like having the spider tail man is like cheating on this. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you can't, it's hard to hit it off on. Yeah. Unless you do something real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he convinced me to, it's still in the closet. We'll get it out one of these days. Yeah. I really like, practice. I had a day. So I brought my, I have a, a new port as well. Um, kind of a funny story. How I got, how I got that too. I went to the Minnesota golf, or Minnesota Golf Show. It's just a big convention where um, this company called Second Swing in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. They like have thousands of used clubs, right. and they bring a bunch of them to the show. And they have a you know whole thing. I walk in, I'm like, okay, if I see a Scotty, a Newport with a Super Stroke like mid grip on it, and it's in decent shape and it's a good price, I'm gonna buy it. As I walk in, I say that. Right. My last bin that I look at before I leave, I find my putter, yeah. and it was like 200 bucks. Like it's the um, it's the the Newport one or whatever, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have the line on the top. Right. 
so I guess it's like a special model version mm-hmm. of it yep. with the super stroke grip that I wanted. I was like, well, fuck, I said I have to do it, so I'm going to do it. So I got it. Um, but fast forward this summer, I go to get it regripped at the links, and I walk in, and I, I just had forgotten that you kind of need to let the grip sit after regripping. Yeah. So they regrip it, and then Brent's like, all right, you got to let this sit for a while. And I was like, well, shit, what do I – I was going to go play. And then I was like, oh, I have this other putter that I had it in my truck because my girlfriend Taylor was just kind of thinking about starting golf. So we got a bag together for her. got this putter, like my brother's old putter. It's an Odyssey um, with like the fangs on the back, yeah. whatever that one is. Uh-huh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll use this. Like I've used it before. Like I can, I can putt with it. I'm on the, I'm on the practice screen and I'm just like sitting there like 10 footers just warming up. And I'm, I made, I made like nine in a row and I'm like talking to a guy <laughs> while I'm hitting these. And I'm just like, how am I? How am I doing this? Right. And I, and I'm just like, all right, this is in the bag today. And I go and I shoot like low 80s. Like I have like, uh, 30 putts on the day or something. Right. Like something incredible. And I was like, what is this? Um. And I've gone back and forth now a couple times just because it just like you kind of wake up and something feels different in your hands, your stroke, where like that stable stroke of the mallet style feels better, and then the next day the more of a toe swing feels better on the on the Scotty. So I've been I've been my best friend Alex Merolt is a huge golfer and a huge tinkerer with his golf game. Right. And I always give him shit because I'm like, dude, just like go practice. Don't like tinker your shit. Just go practice. And so he's getting me more into like the tinkering idea. So now I'm I'm tinkering my putters like day to day. Like maybe I'm using the Odyssey versus the Scotty. Yeah. So I totally feel what you're saying with that. No. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, uh, yeah, the feel piece is really huge, but also I mean, there's some there's some science behind it and like. You know, if you're able to put the ball on the right start line with the right roll, it's it makes sense. Yeah, it's got to be hard though. Saying, Mister Scott, Mister Cameron, <laughs> your putter doesn't work for me anymore. You know, because of your the specific situation of how yours was made, right? Right. Like, thank you for handcrafting this putter, taking a picture with it, with it, signing it, putting my name on it. But I'm going to use this spider. Yeah, that's gotta I mean, hurt. I mean, that's yeah, well, that's why it was in the bag for so many years. But uh, you know, results speak for itself. Yeah, like, I can't. You know, I'd much rather go out and shoot two or three shots, shots better, make a few more putts. Yeah, it's more fun. Definitely. More Have fun. you been? I, I noticed this recently with uh, the Scotty, all the, the line of Scotty putters with from the from the Newport to their one with kind of it's like the Newport with with like some fangs, the right. thing in the back, yep. and then they have like the full mallet. Mm-hmm. I've noticed it's pretty modular where all of them um, start with the front end of the Newport. Yeah. And then they just build more stuff on the back of it and in the middle of the back of it mm-hmm. to give it the more mallet feel, whatever style of putter you really like. Right. So the big mallets still have the Newport front just with all that stuff in the back. And I just realized that this summer, I was like, oh, this is genius. Yeah, and they put a, they put some different like uh, shafts on there too, where the shafts have like different things on them. They have, you know, different shaft leans, different different necks on them, different plums. Like, yeah. it's all it's all to set you up for different strokes and also, uh, you know, ball position, different things all make a difference in 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 not all that. all that's those cool, things. That's a cool video, but that's not what we're looking at. Like, um, We look this up. This is a big part of the podcast. We just look at random shit on here. Yeah, I love it. What we got? So, so you see the Newport, right? Like right, that's the classic yeah. shape. Classic, classic shape. Ever. 
right? Like that. Yep. And then you go to what's a two point five? No, nothing. That's so that's what you're dealing with the different different shafts and different Del Mar, right? This is an example points. of it where this is yep, well, Newport well, in the front and then this just this little thing in the back, yep. right? Well it gives you a different weight too, and it gives you it yeah. offsets the the weight across the face. So you you get away with a little bit more of a front, you know, straight back and through yeah. type putt right there. Yeah. Versus a Newport is more of a gate type situation where you're you're swinging the gate. Yeah, and this one's also you know this is you know for if I cut this out, this is a Newport, right? Which I think is genius. Like I I know why they're doing it. They're saying give you that same exact Scotty feel, but with the different levels of weighting to fit what kind of stroke you like right. for what for every golfer, right? Because that's what what are you fourth yeah. fifth putter? That's now the same thing and the square that's the back. Same, that's the that's really thing. obvious. Just the yeah. bigger it one. Just gives you. A different menu. It gives them a lot of menu options, basically. Yeah, it's great. Where we, yeah, yeah, like that. To fit people. Newport in the front, the Phantom. This gets a little funky. Yeah, Phantom series gets a little funky. Yeah, there you go. Where's like a just a. But shape. yeah, you see guys on tour. Yeah. Like so. So this is Newport in the front here. I have one of these too. Yeah. Um, Can I just see a regular picture? You're talking. I got. I had this one too. Yeah. Where I really like it. Actually, um, I currently do not have it. One of my players has it uh, in his bag because um, I was like, I think this putter would fit you better based on what he was doing. And sometimes, uh, you know, I might see things with one of my guys on the team or girls on the team and say, you know, I, I think I have something that might fit you better or it might be better for you. And, yeah. you know, it might not be that much better for him, but also like just switching it up, getting a different feel, different look can be all the difference. Yeah. You know, and then all <laughs> of a sudden you start making a few putts and then all boom, your confidence goes up and then you're, you're off the races. Yeah. You know, I had Definitely. a kid, I had a kid putt for one of these in the state championship and the whole season he used a spider. Yeah. You know, we switched it up, you know, one or two weeks before state and um, he made some big putts coming down the stretch. To be honest with you, I mean, to win about four shots, Every shot counts. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it, it can be interesting. Yeah, and you see with these. So, like, this is Newport in the front and then the wings. And then this yep. is Newport front, the same exact wings, and then the flares on the outside. Yeah. So, they just are, like, modulating, like, step out, step out, step out to the bigger and bigger putters as, like, to fit whatever stroke you want and still be within, within that Scotty family. Yeah, and it's all about aesthetics, too. Yeah. You know, and giving people giving people options. Yeah. You know, and then you're looking at all these different shaft angles too. Yeah, I like you know, the uh, that, that changes everything. That changes how close you stand to the ball, all those types of things. Definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, every year is something new. Like, mm, you know, every golf company is in 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 the business to make money, right? Yeah. So you know, some things it might change, and there are drastic changes, but some of them might just be like lipstick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think I, I feel <laughs> right. like I feel like TaylorMade does a lot of the lipstick, and then like Titleist, Titleist brings does. something new out every four to five years. Yeah, you yeah. TaylorMade does one every single year, every six months, every six months. Yeah, and it's like like the Sim One versus the Sim Two. You know, right. M Three versus M Four. Mm-hmm. I mean, Twist Face was Twist Face was like the one year where it was like, oh, something's actually different. Yeah, this might be. Yeah, I did notice a little bit of difference. That new driver I got has the Twist Face on it. Yeah. It's sweet. I mean, I like it. I mean, it's it makes the game more fun. You can hit it straighter. Yeah. Um, if yeah. You get, if you get the right shaft, that's the biggest thing. I think people don't understand that. Like, 
Yeah. You can go out and buy the newest head in the world, but if you don't have the right shaft, then it's not going to, you're not going to get the performance that you really want out, yeah. out of that club. Definitely. Yeah. Remember when we played at the sporting like club? You got to get fitted. How on? Yeah. Get fitted. Definitely. Like, and if you're not, the the stock golf body type is like a guy who's like 5'9", like 160. If you're anything but that, yeah, you got to get something custom, right? I'm 6'5". Mm-hmm. Like, all my shit is custom. Oh, yeah. Being that tall for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Like mine, is, mine is all... my. Well, my woods are not custom, but uh, all my irons are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got to be, you know, a little bit longer, a little more upright, have an upright swing. Yeah. Um, yeah. My irons, my new ones, I just got T100s. Um, those are sweet. Yeah. They're my first forged set. Yeah. And I, I was telling you when you were watching the football game, I was having issues with my old clubs because they were game improvement clubs where I'd get these crazy flyers and hit oh, like yeah. a seven iron, like 190, 195, right? Like mm-hmm. out of nowhere because I'm striking it well, but it wasn't consistent. It'd be like the same swing, 190, maybe also 180. And right. like, I didn't want that because it's that's the difference between flying a green and not. It's huge. There's a lot of confidence that comes in saying you're standing over a seven iron. You're like, I'm going to hit this. If I flush this, I'm going to hit it 180. But if I don't hit it quite right, I'm going to hit it 170. Like you got you to gotta have like a seven, eight, nine yard gap in between yeah and it was like 15 20 on my old longer irons but with shorter irons like that gap needs to be really really small where like you know your scoring clubs like you know that a full pitching wedge is gonna you know go 140 yeah you know because those those are the scoring opportunities where you know you got a chance so that's one thing that i've been working on with our team is uh, knowing those numbers, knowing what you got, mm-hmm. knowing what your your half numbers are, knowing what your full numbers are. You know, we we need to do more of this, but we have we actually have um, we're very lucky and very you know blessed to have we have a launch monitor. Yeah, sick. You know that we can take out, we can do it indoors, but we can also take it outdoors, uh-huh. and we can we can hit balls on the course anywhere, and it, it spits out all the numbers to it. Yeah. You know, like it tells us everything. Those things are incredible. They're phenomenal. And and, it, it and the is. way they the way they use the data, when I got fit for these clubs, I was at second swing and like a full, you know, full fitting. They he sent me all of my shot data from the entire session in right. an email. And you could go in, and the, the tool is really awesome. So you can go and select which clubs you want to see the information on after the fact. Oh, nice. So I was able to like pull it up super easily and say, like, okay, compare the numbers from my old clubs to the T100s that I just tried out. Right. And it was just astounding to see the difference. And so with the T100s, the big my big thing was, like, get that distance dispersion down. Oh. Because I could, I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any issue getting the ball up or getting distance, right? Like, right. I'm... A yeah. d- good enough golfer in good shape like whatever right. i just needed like so i got it okay and we're back the recorder died um with new right. batteries though we're talking about um we're in <laughs> the having a range session with the gc quad um but so sporting club does not have uh dampened range balls no they're full on um either the tour response tailor made ball or the tb5 ball yeah you know so uh, Pines and GNT have limited mm-hmm. flight balls, mm-hmm. but um, the other three courses in town do not. Yeah, yeah. The no. Pines range is small. Like I see why they need to do that. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. 
They're, have you seen the renderings of their new of their all their new stuff yeah. they got put in there? Yeah, they're putting a lot of money into what yeah. they got going on out there. It's exciting. We're also, you know, so there's some things going on right now with our golf team that, you know, we are you know, the the way I want to take our program and our team right now is um to continue to grow, continue to get better, continue to, you know, compete for championships, but also um you know, there there's certain things that go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, in this town, like I was telling you earlier, like a number number of, number of our kids are not members anywhere. Yeah, they do not have access to a golf course unless they work work there. Yeah. Um, so we're currently working with. Um, we've had preliminary discussions, I would say, with um, Teton Pines about mm-hmm. hopefully maybe trying to make them be allow us to have access during the summer where kids can go out there and play and practice at given times and work on their golf game and be better and yeah um you know just have somewhere to go play and practice Mm -hmm. it'd be huge versus having to drive an hour hour and 15 minutes away you know and drive back those type situations yeah um there's also um you know we're working with trying to be balanced right now on some things with those guys, uh, with, you know, Shinkle over there and Augie over there on trying to set up a, a fitness program for our team Ooh, where, you know, we get the kids in there a couple of days a week working on golf, golf specific things. Um, yeah. To really, you know, strengthen their golf games and help improve their golf games. Yeah. And then the third, third piece and the biggest piece is, um, we're currently in the talks with Teton County school district and of trying to build our own on campus on TCD, TCSD property um, indoor facility. Whoa! Yeah, that's major. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's yeah. major. Like so, I just went in front of the school board last night to talk to those guys because they're doing a school improvement plan where they're doing improvements to almost every building in the school district. You know, they're trying to build a Bronx Achievement Center back behind the high school that will fit that will field. Um, like five basketball courts, volleyball courts, tennis courts, uh, wrestling, all those types of things. Yeah. Uh, what we're wanting to do is where they're they're trying to build a current um, a locker room for the football team because the lo- the football team does not have a locker room next to the stadium. Ooh. You know, and they have to they have a they basically have a a make makeshift shed mm-hmm. in the corner. <laughs> And they go in there during halftime, and it's basically only the, the varsity players are in there during halftime, yeah. running over things, and then they run back out, you know, type of situation. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to build them a locker room. Well, we're like, well, can we, we – there's this footprint, right? And they're not using all the footprint. Uh-huh. Can we have X amount square feet of this footprint mm-hmm. add on to that locker room? And within that, we would have areas to hit, areas to putt, chip, um, some storage in there, like all types of stuff where we can use that during season if it rains, and we can also use that all winter. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be it'd be phenomenal. It'd be the next step. It'd be to for the development of our program. It would be huge. Yeah, that takes it. That's t- takes it from just a just the golf team at a high school to like a destination golf program. To a, yeah, it takes right. it, it takes it to a. Exactly. It takes it to a program that's more on the lines with what you see at colleges. Yeah. Now it's like, I'm a really talented, I don't know, middle school golfer. 
yeah. maybe I go. I don't know if they have the resource for this, but like maybe I go move to Jackson because I think <laughs> that's a good route to get me to play college golf. You know, if that's the kind of funnel you want to create. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't know. If that's the. I mean, maybe like we've we've had that happen. Like we've had, um, you know, um, with the current varsity boys that just won state championship. Mason Evans was on the team three years ago. He was our number one player as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Ridge Kling was the number one player as a freshman. Uh, when he was a freshman, he's, he was just a senior. He's currently a senior. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we had Max who came on. He's a multi-sport athlete, was our captain. But then, and then we have Hayes who's super, he was young. He's a sophomore. He finished second individual at state as a sophomore. That's Left, major. Lefty. I mean, the, he's, 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 his potential is unbelievable. And he's going to do big things. Um, and then also another kid, and this is what you're talking about, destination type situation. Adam Russell moved in, moved into Jackson two years ago during COVID as a transfer student from Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> you know, he has connections to this valley through his family and different things. Yeah. And um, they wanted to, um, for once his older brother got out of high school in Charleston, they're like, well, um, Adam's gonna do online school. He can uh-huh. be anywhere he wants to be, and he's gonna come. He, we want him to come play for you guys. Yeah, for the high school team. You know, so he sh- he shows up, and as a sophomore, he's all state. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's awesome. From South Carolina, you know. Yeah, and so it's just one of those situations where um, you never know who's gonna move in this town. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a I had a parent reach out to me um, that was living in Oregon. It was like, I've seen some things of what you're doing with the golf team, that stuff. My son is one of the top junior golfers in Oregon. <laughs> um, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about him coming. Us, we're thinking about moving to Jackson. Yeah. Let's let's see what this looks like. Yeah. Like I'm not kidding you. This is serious stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I would love to talk to you. That sounds great. You know. Um, they didn't work out. They didn't end up moving here, but like, you just never know like yeah. what email is going to show up in the inbox one day, what voicemails you might get. No. Yeah. Text, it's real. Like the power, Instagram. like it's you, you like some days, like you just never know. Like, yeah. Um, you know, next year, this group of boys we have returning, like we have, uh, we have Mason, Adam and Hayes returning. Which, um, is one of them, uh, a, a, Steve's daughter's boyfriend that's max max oh yeah max he was there is graduating day. okay um but those those three two will be seniors next year and hayes will be a uh junior next year i mean they have they're three of the top uh six no three of the top eight scoring averages in the state well coming back well you know so and we have a really cool group of juniors i mean uh junior varsity guys that are sophomores some will be juniors and and then um, I don't know what's coming up as far as freshmen, to be honest with you, but mm. they want to be part of it. You yeah. Know, like they, they see the success of these guys. They see the trips of Piners. They see all the things that we're yeah. doing. They're yeah. like, that looks awesome. Like, yeah. I want to be part of that. Yeah. You know, I would love to, you know, wear the varsity shirts and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. So um, we're moving in the right direction. And I'm really excited about, too, about this, this group of girls. Um, we've got nine girls, most we've ever had. They're all young. They all want to get better. They're only going to get better. Some of them are quitting other sports to play golf. They're mm-hmm. very athletic. Um, they're just very raw. You know, like they just don't have that much yeah. experience. So yeah, Nick was saying fun. a girl literally like joined and like her first swings were with you guys. Yes. 
yeah that's that's really cool though that's like it's two different yeah. uh reasons of the, that it's cool right one mm-hmm. on one other level for the guys it's like real success like really good player really good scores and also you're getting you're getting new people into the game of the golf yeah. with the girls team and that's really important too yeah it is and you know it's with the girls and then some of them are brand new and, and wanting to join and things like that that's um i've loved it it's been awesome like the group of girls that graduated, they were all seniors that almost won a state championship. So since uh, we took over the program in 2019, we've, we've won 22 tournaments. Wow. In three years. How many are there a year? Um, six. That's so many. So there's six girls tournaments and six boys tournaments. Yeah. So we've won 22. Out of 22 out of the 36 that there even right. were. Right. For the total of the right. two genders. Right. So we've had a lot of success. Yeah. You know, we walked into a very great situation with this group of girls. Yeah. Where they were all all juniors and they were all seniors. Yeah. You know, and they they all had golf experience and they were all they were they were all in. Like mm-hmm. they loved it. Um and they 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 won twelve of those. Yeah. You know, they won wow. they won twelve of those twenty two. And then this group of boys um have won ten. You know, they They've won a conference championship. The girls never won a conference championship. They won mm-hmm. a state championship. The girls never won a state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's about growing both sides of it. You know, I, I was at the board meeting last night, and one of the board members I'm friends with, and he was like, "Congrats on the boys!" And I was like, "Thanks, I appreciate it." Da-da. And he was like, "He's like, now we gotta get the girls there." That's what he said to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "I I hear you. Like, I, and that's it's a big challenge, and it's also what." what we want to do and this group of girls want to do it like they see the success of the boys and they they want to they want to compete so yeah it's gonna be fun that's it's, awesome it's a really cool group are there any um match play tournaments in yeah. high school there is so it's really fun so that's one of our favorite tournaments of the year is usually week four right at the labor day labor day weekend riverton runs a match play tournament sweet and we usually take uh the way it works is we can take five girls to tournaments and we take eight boys uh-huh. Um, we take three out of the five girls scores and then with the boys, it's usually three JV boys and we have five varsity boys and we take four of the five. Yeah. But when during match play, that's all out the window. Team scores out the window. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, and they do nine hole matches. Yeah. Um, and they bracket the kids based off what their scoring average is up to that point. Uh huh. So, you know, Nick and I have you know Nick, Nick Mapka. Huge <laughs> we have a big Excel thing with multiple tabs and spreadsheets and all this stuff. Like I can tell you, like he was asking me the other day, like what's the best score of a, of a kid three years ago on this course? And I was like, yeah, let's go to the spreadsheet. Let's hit it. Like, yeah, yeah it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you're organized, it's simple. Um, but we do, they do it by scoring average. So the kids are bracketed, you know, in brackets of 16. Uh-huh. So they, they play nine hole. And then if they win, they'll play the winner. They play in groups of four. So if they if there's two matches in each group, mm-hmm. and then the winners will play each other, the losers play each other, mm-hmm. and then you get separated in the bracket, going to the winner side, loser side. Yeah. And then also, so then the next day it's like the top four play together, mm-hmm. and the winners play for the championship, and the yeah. losers play for third place. Yeah. Um, that's a fun tournament. Yeah. Really fun tournament, and I, the kids like it; they love it. Yeah, I ask because every every time there's a Ryder Cup, like the Ryder Cup's my favorite. This year, I decided it's my favorite sports event, period. Yeah. And I'm a huge football guy, right? Right, right. Yeah. I think 
like you go you put into the the you put into the the mixing bowl whatever the fact mm-hmm. that you're representing your country that it's yeah. you're against specifically Europe you know like and a lot of those guys are from Great Britain you know like the whole America like we broke away like you know American <laughs> freedom right I love that right and then the whole team aspect and golf aspect and the fact that the crowds are allowed to be what they are have you ever been to a Ryder, to a Ryder I Cup I, have. I went to one at Hazeltine okay so it's great and it's you know American victory but you put all those things together and I th- and I don't think there's not even a Super Bowl I would if it was if you were to tell me Tyler okay you can pick tickets to the Packers in the Super Bowl at Lambeau okay maybe or versus Ryder Cup I don't know pick a course in America that it would be the coolest to be at I don't know Augusta or something that's not going to happen but no that's not going to happen but, but something like that like some fantasy situation yeah some yeah I would think I'd pick the Ryder Cup to go to it is one of the funnest sporting events I've ever been to yeah uh, my father and I went to Chicago for Medina in 2012 the meltdown yeah we were there yeah oh my gosh Sunday on the 17th green that's terrible. On the, at the meltdown. That yeah. sucks. It was, but it, the atmosphere and the camaraderie and just the environment is unlike anything else. And this, yeah, is, I've been to a Super Bowl. I've been to college football national championships. Yeah, like I've been to some other biggest sporting events, mm-hmm. and it is unreal. It is so. It was so much fun. It's different, right? Like we had a lot of fun. Like there's a little bit of nostalgia there being being there with my dad. So. You know, he goes in South Carolina, and we just don't get to hang out as much as we probably really want to. Yeah. Um, but Same. Well, yeah, my my dad and I, we we were there for three uh, – we were there for Friday and Sunday at the one in Hazeltine. And and uh, so it's, it's just one of those great memories you get to place yeah. there with your relationship with your dad. It's great. Yeah, it was absolutely so much fun. Like, we went to Chicago for the weekend and did it, did it all. Like, we went to uh, the Cubs drive town, but we went to a White Sox game. Then we went to Navy Pier, and we did, you know – all that kind of stuff. All the Chicago yeah, stuff, all yeah. All the Chicago stuff. It's Chicago's an awesome town. Yeah. Um, Medina was so much fun. Like, yeah. It was really cool. It was fun because I uh, I remember running into – I ran into Mark Bradley uh, there, and I knew Mark from here. Mm-hmm. And um, he was on the putting green. Like, I got to talk to him. Like He's like hanging out with Keegan. Oh, as, yeah. As Keegan was getting, you know, getting warmed up for his match. Yeah. Um, that was when Keegan and Phil went crazy, mm-hmm. that Ryder Cup. Yeah. You know, that was – Keegan's like Keegan went nuts. It was awesome. Yeah. I met Mark at that the event at Golf and Tennis. He was okay. like he did like a a pro thing on the right. on the 16th hole. He was like it was like a beat the pro beat thing. The pro, yeah. yeah, and he was like just joking around. He like purposely would hit little stingers into the bunker to have him jump up onto the green cuz yeah. like if he did that we lost or whatever. Right. And so he like he was just fucking around like because he yeah. sat there all day hitting the same shot. Yeah, Mark's funny. I've known Mark for a long time. He's he's been supportive of uh, the golf team and like done a few little little things with the golf team and just yeah. To, he he's funny just to sit down and just like you know basically shoot the shit with it yeah and, and talk golf and stories because he's got such a unique uh, experiences with his sister and with Keegan. Uh, and their success like it's really cool i remember yeah. well to go back to that like, i remember when keegan was uh working here in jackson really yeah oh yeah he, like before he hit it on the tour or something oh yeah when he was in college no way yeah when he was in college at st john's in new york he would come out here in the summers and he would work for his dad at golf and tennis that's sick and that was the only other the only two games in town were teton pines and golf and tennis right yeah and his dad was like the pro 
uh-huh. and he would like just work for his dad, pick the range, hit balls, whatever. But he would play in the money games out there <laughs> on Mondays. Oh man! You know? And I I got to know I got to meet Keegan and know Keegan through Steve through Steve yeah. White, and um, like I still remember like playing with Keegan back then in like a big money Monday, <laughs> and we were on. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story every almost every time if West depends on who I'm playing with. When I stand on 17 T, yeah, right, we're on 17 T at G and T, yeah, and this is in 2004 or five, something like that. And he stands up on the T and he hits it on the green. Keegan did, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Because you you can cut that corner. Oh yeah, you can cut that corner, and yeah. he hit it on the green. Oh my god, and we were like. That's a different gear. That's a different world. Yeah, right there. Like, I never seen anybody, and I, I played with a lot of guys that could bomb it. Yeah, you know, like really put a move on it, and uh, never seen anybody hit it further than Keegan. That's incredible. It was, it was, it was. Like, How far of a shot do you think that's that was? Absurd. That's what it is. Three sixty. Oh yeah, three... and he's flying it. It's three seventy five yeah. in the air. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And this is, you know, early part of the bombers world. Like I don't even know what he hit, what he hits it these days. I mean, I mean, a lot of those guys on tour have a different gear, you know. Yeah, you know, I noticed that too. I watched. I went to a practice day at the Ryder Cup, and I followed Rory for a while. And he would hit one like a he would hit like his fairway finder three twenty. Yeah. And then he'd be like, he like I could hear him say like, all right, I'm going to step into this one. Mm-hmm. And he hit another one, and you could see like it was a longer swing. He'd really get his legs and his like really get his body behind it, and really put something out there. And then that goes three sixty, three fifty, and it's like, uh, what? Yeah. What do you mean you have another gear from three twenty? Yeah, it's it's not. So it's all about generating clubhead speed at the right time, and you know sequencing, and you know being efficient with your body, um, and having really good hands. Like it's. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So, like, one of the longest hitters on our go- on our high school golf team is Mason, and Mason is, you know, five eight, five nine, and maybe weighs one hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> but he's one of the most athletic kids I've ever met in my entire life. Huh. Where you know he just you know picks up a basketball, he's good at it. You yeah, know, you know, picks up a football, he's good at it. That type of situation, and he can move it, and they they love it. Like the boys, especially. When we bust out the launch monitor on tee boxes at practice and stuff, yeah, they're all there. Oh. Coach Bath might be the one that actually gets more into it than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, when you think about it, like he's not that much older than some of these. No, he's the, twenty. He's twenty seven. Is he twenty? Or twenty six? Yeah, he just had a birthday in October. Yeah, so he's either twenty six, twenty seven. But he's you know, I'm, I forget that he's like younger than me. Right, I'm forty. Yeah, like and you know. Max is Max just turned eighteen. Yeah, you know, so he's not that much older. If you if you in the scheme no. of things from some of these kids, and he's just out there, he's just out there trying to rip it past these kids. And it's yeah, so funny. And it, we have a lot of fun. We have we. Oh my god, we have so much fun. Yeah, Nick fucking hammers the ball like his swing. I call it when he get when he starts to lose balls. It's when he's doing like his softball player swing. Cause he gets like his shoulder out and he's like, he's like out here and he almost like steps out of it like yeah. a softball player hitting like way up on it with yeah. his driver. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause he's, he's like just trying to, right. yeah, it's yeah. just like low burns and then just like rises and goes right. Yep. It's his miss. Yeah, for sure. We, we worked on a little bit of that and we got, we got, 
We put some new equipment in his hands. We got him a new ping driver. Uh, our ping his shaft that he started this this, this season our with ping, was our, not not right. Uh, stiff enough. Nowhere. It was like a regular shaft, light. Yeah, and he we swings put him in a hard. more heavier X flex shaft, and he's starting yeah. to hit it a little bit better. Um, yeah. Our ping, our ping boy, our ping guy, who's been phenomenal and super helpful of our team. Um, yeah. Was able to hook us up with something. Yeah. But I uh, so I asked I asked the match play about the match play question. Yeah, because every time I see the Ryder Cup comes out, every oh year God. the Ryder Cup is here. Best sporting event. I always think like, how do we? How can we get more of that into golf, mm-hmm. in general, right? Because it seems like it's just the greatest thing ever. And so like, you want to? How do you take the greatest thing ever and like make it make there more, be more greatness throughout the sport, right? Because right. that's what we're here for to grow this, grow the game and enjoy the game more, right? And I know that in the college level, they're doing more match play because of that idea of like, we want to prepare these guys for a Ryder Cup one day was kind of the thought and like the excitement of that. And I I even thought of like, not that I even know this could even happen, but like, what if we did, maybe you and I could do it. We put together a G&T team versus a sporting club team, a Jackson Hole Ryder Cup. And then we put together a team. We do a similar setup where maybe it's just one round a day or yeah, something. Right. But we do similar games, similar pairings, three days. And then the winner, we could just make up a trophy, yeah. right? Just pick a tro- pick a oh, yeah. pick a fucking they- Snake River beer can and say this is our trophy. Is right get it mounted on something, right? And then we like compete for it, you know? No, I, I'm all about that. It'd be it'd be amazing. Match play is phenomenal. It's so much fun. I don't get a chance to play it probably as much as I would like, um, you know, most member guests end up being kind of match play scenarios. Now you got like mm-hmm. nine whole matches mm-hmm. uh, with, people, with people, the kids on the golf team loved it. You know, it's, it's friendly too, cause you can have a blow up hole and it's just that hole. Yeah. You know, and then you're, you know, you lose one, you don't lose eight, eight. four, <laughs> yeah, five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're like trying to get them back all day. You're like, Oh, that's, that's one. Screw up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I quadrupled on. on two, and now I'm done the whole day. Right, exactly. My scores, my scores, host, but yeah, uh, match play is phenomenal. I love it. I really do love it. Like, so we've been with Steve, Steve White. We've been talking about different things. Like, we would love, you know, and also in the in the works. Like I was telling you about like the workout program and Teton uh-huh. Pines membership, and also the the building. <laughs> yeah, you know, another thing that's in the works is um, creating a junior golf association for this county. Yeah, Nick was telling me about this. Yeah, yeah, like a little, yeah, a little circuit for them to play in all the courses around here. Like a nonprofit, um, you know, very similar to like junior soccer, junior, junior yeah. hockey, junior, yeah. junior basketball, all those things. We don't have junior golf. Yeah, um, you know, and so there's not really an access point for a lot of families and people that maybe want to try out golf or people that um, know they might like golf but they just can't afford it or different things like that where we can set up times and days where, you know, they can come out and have some range time, get some instruction, but then also run some tournaments, you know, three hole tournaments for younger kids, six holes, nine holes, 18 yeah. holes, those types of things. Yeah. But along the lines of what you're saying is what we were thinking is we could do a Ryder cup style with a bunch of guys in town. Yeah. You know, we could fill it in with a text message probably. Yeah. You know, very quickly. Yeah. And make it a fundraiser. Yeah, for, for the Junior Golf Association, yeah, to, you know, help it, you know, uh, get off, you know, get off the ground, all those types of things. You know, a lot, a lot of the Junior Golf stuff is just basically we need to get the paperwork filed uh-huh. and get get it get the get it rolling. Yeah, because there's a need for this town. The clubs would be involved, and I think the clubs would, would love to do it. Yeah, 
Um, it's just a matter of of, of doing it. Yeah, and I think it'd be incredible. We need to do it. It'd be incredible, and it's a need in this county. Yeah, because if you look at like, like we have so many kids that show up to the high school team, like you're talking about, some of those girls show up, never talk. Like we're teaching them how to grip a club. Yeah, you know, and they're freshmen in high school. Yeah, right. If we had a junior golf association where the kids have access and they have access to instruction and different mm-hmm. things, like it would be. Yeah, and it, and we talked about the the good golf here in our valley, but if you extend it to Teton Valley, Idaho, right, and even to Star Valley, maybe at the, that's pretty far. But like you have the five courses here, you have Teton Springs, Teton Reserve, the Links, you have the Targi course, and Tributary. then. Tributary, yeah, and then even like maybe the Rexburg courses mm-hmm. as the other boundary. What is that like? Twelve courses within yeah. an hour to an hour and a half drive. Yeah, and one thing that we would like to mirror, and I, and I, I think uh, Idaho Junior Golf Association does mm-hmm. a very good job of running junior golf tournaments. Like, so usually every spring I go through uh, local Utah stuff, drop chip putt stuff for the kids that are under fifteen on our team. The Idaho Junior Golf Association stuff, and then the Wyoming Wyoming Junior Golf Association stuff, and print out and get them a schedule and send it to all our parents and all our kids, where you know they can. These are the options, mm-hmm. and these are the websites. This is how you register. Yeah, <laughs> like go play. Yeah, like if you want to be a competitive golfer and you want to play high school golf, the better you're going to be, much better at handling those situations if you have experience. Yeah. Right. That's for a lot of kids. Like, I don't want, like, it'd be amazing if the kids showed up to us at the high school having been in the Teton County Junior Golf Association for six, seven years. Yeah. You know, because right now, like, you're not getting any better at golf in this valley as a, as a person that is, uh, K through K through eighth grade, unless your parents are a member somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. And you know? that's just, yeah, just one of the tough realities of like where we live, right? Right. It is. But I think the way this community is set up and how philanthropic this community is, yeah. how supportive this community is, yeah. of certain of, um, you know, of charities and different things and, you know, making, trying to, trying to make a better place for everybody. Yeah. Um, it would be a home run. I think so too. I agree. Yeah, it's just a matter of, um, us getting our ducks in a row and, and getting it done. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you need any help on that, uh, Nick has asked for like mar- marketing thoughts in the past, but if you need any help on marketing or anything else to get that going, like definitely let me know. Absolutely. Because that would be outstanding. I yeah. love... It's growing I, the game and that's what I'm all about. Like, yeah. Getting getting kids playing is because my opinion, it's the, it's the best game in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like I said, I'm a huge football fan, but I'm not, I don't play football three days a week in the summer, right? No. You only play so much football. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you play golf your entire life. Yeah, and and it, you're right. And I, I I was blessed with like my dad played it, so I got into it through him, and my right. brother played it. And but like not everybody has that opportunity. And growing up in Minnesota, there's a ton of golf, great like public city golf courses you can go and cut yeah. your teeth at. And and uh, where my whole family we learned to golf at a place called Kate Haven. It was like a executive kind of course, but had like two par four two or three par fours on the right. course yeah it was the perfect thing we could like we could bike there mm-hmm. they knew who we were it was dirt cheap they had like pizzas for after yeah like they just let you play a couple times around like it was the greatest it thing was and fun. Then, 
yeah, it was it was like what got me. I mean, I was awful. Like I had a slice that almost turned backwards, but because I was a baseball player also. But right. but like that wasn't the point. You go out there and you just mess around. And you just be a kid and learn how to learn what golf is. And yeah. it was it was incredible. And then it was it broke my heart. They turned the property into, into houses, but because it's not very profitable. I, I, but I didn't start playing golf till I was in college. Yeah, you know, I, my grandfather played. My dad would kind of play sometimes with my grandfather not really like my grandfather was like a member of like it was private but it was like a muni like <laughs> you're talking about like a spot it was like a hundred dollars a month to be a member <laughs> situation you know? so, that's awesome you know and we i love that place it was yeah. so much fun um i mean some characters at that place <laughs> like absolute characters but i would i didn't start playing golf um or doing anything till i was like 21 yeah or 20 you know, when, um, you know, I, I basically quit playing baseball mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to go play golf. So I started yeah. playing golf. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have those opportunities as a kid to get, you know, that instruction or those types of things or just, it's just what, what I was into. Yeah. You know, my dad wasn't into it, so I wasn't really that into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And golf is one of those games where like, uh, it's generational, generational certainly. And if you're not, um, kind of led into it there seems to be a, a big like barrier for entry right yeah, yeah and that's the whole thing with like whenever the pga or whoever usga tries to get these growing the game kind of initiatives going they have a tough time with that and really it's just like access like it could it's not that hard when you look at the whole country because there's so many uh city courses in a lot of big cities where like if you're looking if like they always say that that's the tough place for them to get into because you know the suburbs and the, and the rich communities they have no issue getting golfers, but it's the kind of more around the cities. But there's a lot of really, really cool um, city-owned courses, and it's just about like you know let's you know let's give them access to clubs and just let them try it. Yeah, I mean, because you-, you know as well we we both know this that first time you flush an iron, you're <laughs> addicted. Yeah. That's what got me. And my girlfriend did the same thing. She flushed an iron one day this summer. She was like, holy shit, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was like, now you see why I spent thousands of dollars <laughs> to play this game that I never get any better at. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, it's like, it, it's maddening, but it's also like, you love it. Right? Like, it's it's not that hard. Or maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but get a bunch of old clubs, right? Like, I have two sets of golf clubs in my in that shed right there yeah. my dad said that he leaves here when he comes to town and my old set that i have right and nick nick picked up a bunch of clubs for one day from somebody that they were like donated you know there's so many yeah. old clubs yeah. go to like second swing and say hey can we have your oldest shittiest clubs that we're going to use for some school program or some you know i'm a city course in minneapolis well, let's get some access or something like we that don't, can't we don't have to go to anybody like, we've had so much support in this community where people have donated so much stuff like mm-hmm. nick grabbing clubs from somebody that says hey i got these clubs we don't need them anymore can someone use them yeah um you know another one of our coaches hs is like people from three Creek are giving him clubs yeah you know um i've had people offer me clubs and stuff and like you know you you know, you just never know. Um, you know, people people are very supportive of 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 wanting to help junior golfers. Yeah. In general, and especially what I've seen in this county is huge. Like, you know, with fundraising and different things that we've done, like the golf community in this in Teton County in Jackson is very strong. Yeah. Um, I've I'm very lucky that I've 
been a part of that for basically since I moved here, mm-hmm. you know, in 03, um, working at the Pines and then working at Three Creek and just getting to know everybody and knowing the pros and different things, like being friends with people. Like, you know, you got you got pros like Brian Brewer at Golf and Tennis. Brian was on the Jacksonville High School golf team. You know, like he's... I don't think I've met him officially yet. Oh, Brian's awesome. Yeah. You know, they got they, those guys out there. And yeah, Teton Pines, Matt Styerman. Matt has been... Um, the pro at Teton Pines for a few years, but before that he was over the hill in Teton, at Teton Springs. I used to work with his son at Three Creek. <laughs> you know, Zach, his son Zach was a big, tall lefty who smashed it. Oh, my God, he used to hammer it. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you got um, down at Sporting Club, you got Greg and Patrick, who I've known for years. Um, Justin Scott, who used to be a pro down there, and used to be a pro at Teton Pines. Yeah. Um, just a lot of people. Wes Roberts, who is unfortunately leaving us. I hate that. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see who replaces him out at Shooting Star. Um, it's just a lot of really cool people that are supportive of junior golf. Yeah. And they're supportive of our, our golf program mm-hmm. at the high school that they want to be a part of it. And they have no reason to want to be a part of it other than they want to help out and they want to grow the game and they want, you know, see kids be successful and you know mm-hmm. have these cool experiences that they've had through, mm-hmm. through the game of golf yeah know? so it's super fun you know nick and i have a blast doing it yeah i mean it's so much fun yeah definitely it looks awesome yeah we we you know, just from the day-to-day stuff like my wife's always teasing me she's like she's like what are you doing i was like i'm working on this for golf there's that and she's like golf season's over i'm like <laughs> I'm like, is it really? (laughs) It's never over. It's never over, babe. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's always projects and things that I want to do that are going to push our programs to the next level. And it's because it benefits the kids, you know, it benefits the kids and sets them up to be successful at the next level. And it sets them up to be, um, better golfers and better people. It's really cool. Definitely. It's It's so much fun, dude. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's a good place to end um, the the podcast. We're at. Uh, I've been talking for a minute. An hour, almost an hour forty. I think <laughs> we've been going. Really? Yeah, it flies by. That's crazy. Yeah, a, a lot of people that I invite to do this, they're like, ah, well, I don't have anything to talk about, like whatever, and then it ends up being going over an hour, and they're like, whoa, how'd that happen? And then they start drinking beer, and then yeah, thing, you know, this is yeah, Snake River <laughs> Brewing is the key to the podcast. They open up. Um, but yeah, um, tell, tell the audience, um, where they can find Jackson hole golf on Instagram or any other place that they might want to look for it. Yeah. So, um, our main, um, uh, place that we communicate everything through, um, is on Instagram and it's at acts at Bronx golf. That's yeah. Basically it. So, um, that's where you'll find anything and everything that has to deal with what we got going on, uh, at the high school and with our program and our travels and our hopefully a lot of successes yeah definitely yeah <laughs> you know awesome fun. yeah so check them out if you guys are interested in golf they do really cool content they have um uh this kid doing some content for them what's Ooh. his name isaac absolutely so isaac larson yeah is a student at jacksonville high school and he has kind of created a little bit of a following at the high school and he does a lot of um different uh, media and content for different teams. Mm-hmm. And I had him come out right when he was starting and do some stuff for us. Um, the kids love it. It's really fun. He's one of their classmates. 
Um, he has drones, he has different things and he's doing footage and mixing it. And like, yeah, I'm working with him, like trying to do some stories. Like I had a, had him do a, uh, like a short video about like a little bit of a redemption story with us going into state. Yeah. It's just things like that to once again, like try to run our high school program, like a college program. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. You know, like we're trying to do things the right way. And just like make sure that people understand that this golf program is just not like a a normal golf program. Like yeah. we are legit. We want to win. We want to do things the right way. We want our kids to be successful. We want our kids to go to academically on the course, off the course. Attitude and effort, right? Attitude and effort. That's your thing, right? Attitude and effort. Yeah. Stamp it everywhere. Let's yeah. Go. Yeah. And Isaac, Isaac is really. I got. I messaged him. I got to meet up with him because. Uh, cool kid. Really I cool I think kid. literally I think I'm gonna try to hire him for my agency as a content creator because he's really talented. Yeah. And I think like I I've done it long enough where I can take his like raw talent and like really hone it in and like help him in the future to be like to have him monetize it in the future and have it whatever he wants to do with it right and yeah and he is he's a hooper too he's a good is he he's a good basketball player you gotta watch him on the court this year yeah that 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 is another thing that's coming up this group of boys this high school group of basketball players Uh they're going they're going to catch a state championship in the next couple years nice i hope go bronx i love them all right awesome um anything else that's it man Cool. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, go play some golf. Go donate some clubs. And if you're not 5'8 and you're a guy, go get fit for clubs because you need it. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.